0: Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, I'm I'm good. Although it's another gloomy, overcast, cold, wet day here in Portland, Oregon. Um, oh, that's so. that's
1: surprising. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it's lovely here in Colorado. It's supposed to be sixty, although um, we are expecting the Ben's lacrosse coach said a foot of snow. I think that's a little, no. um, <laughs> a little dramatic. But yeah, it's supposed to be high of like forty tomorrow and snowy and rainy. That's that's May. I remember picking up my um, Boulder Boulder, which is a Memorial Day race, right? I remember picking yeah. up my number for that and having snow be on the ground. So, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. Well, okay,
0: so yeah. all right, so you got me beat, okay?
1: Yeah, no, I that's not necessarily beat, and you know what? It, it melts super quickly. Um, it's just, and unfortunately, um, Amelia, who you know is uh, my eighth grader, has been looking forward. They they're going on a you know their eighth grade final trip. Um oh. or not mile trip, a trip. Um mm-hmm. they go to this place called a hundred elk, which is um out in the mountains, some kind of like nature retreat thing oh. um for three days and she left this morning and uh-huh. I mean it's at nine thousand feet. I mean <laughs> Oh my gosh, it must be very cold. <laughs> it's gonna be very I mean, I was like mean, you know, and she's that, you know, I don't want to wear my winter boots, kid, which is pretty uh. much every kid, you know, and you're like, Amelia, you're gonna want those, trust me. You're not gonna want your little you know Nike Fly see through shoes, right? That are just oh, get I got super to it's so
0: funny. so so outdoor school is a big thing here in Oregon, and we actually there was such enthusiasm to wear your boots that we had to go buy John some because he didn't have any that fit him, and he was like, oh. "Mom, I can't just wear my regular shoes." And so we <laughs> went to this place and had to buy him like the full on. He's like,
1: "No, I want more serious ones." I'm like, "Okay." Right. So um, oh, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, she's not you know, but it's all I mean. I, mean, I remember as a kid not wanting to wear my boots, um, uh-huh. you know, um, just, but I mean, she brought them and I know she will wear them and I'm sure other kids will as well, but, and they're also huge, right? I mean, they're uh-huh. huge. So like, <laughs> right. you know, try to fit it all in one duffel bag is a, you know, it's putting we- a very intricate puzzle piece together.
0: <laughs> we, uh, so the schools, different schools go at different times. Although, you know, did you know that Jessica, you know, who works for you in the train like a mother club, she um, for us in the train, like a mother club, she, her son, and John were in the same cabin even though they don't go to the same school so they mix the schools together at outdoor school uh-huh. but so but so it's kind of like you can meet like kids on Daphne's soccer team go in the spring whereas John Daphne went in the fall and so the one girl on Daphne's soccer team has a pair of really awesome rain pants. And so like Daphne used them. Another girl who went in the fall from the team used them. Um, that The girl we borrowed them from just went and she wore them. So it's like the, what is that? The traveling pants or whatever. Yeah, that book.
1: Yeah, Sisterhood of the Traveling Rain Pants. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's what it is. It's
0: yeah. traveling rain pants. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, well, I'm doing some traveling myself. I'm flying out to Ogden tomorrow morning. Nice. To, nice. And you've got
1: quite a crew lined up to help you, I think, right?
0: Yes. Katie Ball, mother of 10, and um, lovely mother of 10, and Allison Taylor. And Allison has recruited two of her friends. So I, yeah, I got quite the posse there. And it's a one-day expo, which is
1: just delightful. That's um, <laughs> like music you can, to our ears, right? Yeah, you get it all it's done. Amazing. It always kills me at expos when people are like, are you running? And I'm like, <laughs> No, this is my marathon, standing here for two days on this hard concrete floor. <laughs> I know.
0: Oh, my God. That was the great thing about um, – one of the main great things about the Eugene Marathon is it's held under a tent, a massive, massive tent, outdoors on a turf field. And oh. so actually so Jessica you know was helping me at that one and uh, we're like this is the greatest surface to stand on <laughs> like my my <laughs> lower back didn't hurt my feet didn't hurt it just the only thing was was that you now I wore my dance go clogs and they I'm still like dumping them out the little black those little black nuggets of ground up tires or whatever that, yeah, you know, jump. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so so yes yeah, so I'm going to Ogden and then the weekend after that is happy girls and bend and the weekend after that is Zuma
1: and in Annapolis. So, wow, um, you are on the road, man. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. And I was just having a very exciting Twitter exchange with um, Tamara Keith from NPR, who um, we know is a mother runner because she was on the show. And I had tweeted her and I was like, oh, you know, I hope... Um, you know, your training's going well because she's doing Zuma Annapolis and she is going on the president's first overseas trip and that she's worried about getting in her runs. I'm like, oh, well, if that's not the best excuse for what might get in the way of someone's training, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. I always wonder what people do on that, things like that. My, um, you know, my brother-in-law just went to Saudi Arabia for oh. um, for work, uh-huh. and I think he's been going to Saudi Arabia, Israel, and somewhere else. I thought, but yes. I could. Mm-hmm. I know it's definitely Israel. Yeah. Um. But he, but uh, my t- Tom is my brother-in-law, and he just went there for work, and, and like basically like was told not to leave the the hotel, right? Like oh. like he was either in a car or in a building right? Oh, I mean, again, wow. it was a thousand degrees. So really, yeah. it's, you know, not, yeah. um, but it was, it, you know, it's not like you can just go out and like, you know, Oh, that let's see where this path leads, you know, right. <laughs> right. there's no, there's no riverfront like in trails. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. My, uh, my brother spent time in Saudi Arabia cause he was in the army after he graduated from law school. And, um, and so he was in the judge advocate general's office. And so he was there during the first Gulf war. And, um, my brother had, he really enjoyed his time over there. He found, really formed some great bonds with the locals and um, uh, who and the local police officer. He formed a really um, special tight bond with, because he had a lot of um, interactions with him. And so, but anyway, the, this is a spring related story. My brother suffers from terrible allergies and he was over in Saudi Arabia during like March and April. And at the time he lived in oh gosh, I think he lived in Tennessee. And he comes back at the height of pollen season and he had to be hospitalized because it just overwhelmed his senses because oh he'd been gosh. in basically like this sterile desert environment. Like I guess he's not allergic to sand or sand yeah. fleas or something. It's like Sure, sure. And it's like and oh. he was totally fine while he was, you know, on on duty in, in a war zone and comes back and it's the pollen that fells him. So I mean, he he was fine. He was only there for like a night or something. But it's like, oh yeah, yeah. brother.
1: <laughs> those those dang flowers, they're 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 big weapons. Those, yeah, you know, right,
0: right. Those maple awesome. trees putting out all that pollen or whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh That's my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so what you've been watching lately on on the telly or on the Netflix, Tim?
1: Oh, Sarah, I think you. I don't know. I think your day either has like twenty eight hours or <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because I gotta say, I don't have a chance to watch much television i mean oh, no. i drive uh-huh. a lot i mean my oh, keep, okay you know do, don't your kids have after school activities
0: they don't have many i mean spring soccer does not have practice uh, and um john only does ballet once a week and other than that no they don't have any stuff after uh, schools so, school so amelia's
1: still she's gearing up to go to orlando for a big volleyball wow. tournament in june so they still have mm-hmm. practice um you know from six to eight two nights a week so oh. if i go to if i drive there it's far enough away that i just stay and i'll mm-hmm. go work at starbucks um mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. um and then ben has lacrosse i don't know i just feel like you know i mean the both the best i do is like repeats of modern family um, <laughs> you know on usa network from like seven thirty to 8 i'm also really really um Tired. cognizant of um my bedtime, yeah. right? And just being really, um, I will give up TV time for sleep. And, uh, yeah. you know, so that's really, I really, um, I you know it sounds crazy, but eight thirty is really, I've learned is my time that I got to wind it down and, uh-huh. you know, be in bed by reading, reading by nine. And I'd much rather read than, uh-huh. you know, watch Netflix. So, so
0: and it's, t- it must be tough to kind of come down from the driving and the being at Starbucks for two hours, and then you must not get home till almost eight 30.
1: Yeah, I get home. Nights. Yeah, but then you know, just get ready for bed. And I don't order, you know, <laughs> double cappuccino at, at okay. Starbucks. I'm getting the herbal tea. I'm like, yeah, whatever's <laughs> cheapest on your menu. Um, Wear so jammies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, it's it's uh, no, but it's not it's not hard. I mean, you uh-huh. know, I I'm pretty much I'm a good sleeper too. So like, you know, once I get in bed, for the most part, you know, sometimes uh-huh. I'll I'll you know, ju- chug a couple of columns forte if I know that I'm a little crazy amped up but uh-huh. um but yeah so I, I have i mean the only thing I've, I've kind of been watching is nurse jackie which is old um oh, yeah, but uh-huh. i really um i think that's pretty good i like it because it's half an hour so again oh, right, it's that right shorter thing and i think uh uh what's her name jackie uh yeah. what's her uh franco um edie franco edie, isn't yeah. that her name that edie... falco falco. Falco. Mm-hmm. falco yeah yeah alex um, is nodding his head yes uh-huh. yes yeah <laughs> she's just i just think she's She's an awesome actress. Oh, so, she is! Like, She's so talented. She does oh such my a good She was job so good and, uh, at Carmella.
0: Oh my gosh! I love The Sopranos. Um, yeah.
1: Did so she... I'm sure. What, what, what have you been watching? Have you seen The Handmaid's Tale? Have you seen? So I have. Like... Not, I've actually debated. It's
0: interesting you ask that because The Handmaid's Tale is one of my all-time favorite books, if not my number one favorite book. Um, I have the. We don't have Hulu. I've thought of subscribing to it just for to see The Handmaid's Tale. And uh, no, but what I've been watching, well, I watched one episode of, I, I watched Victorian Slumhouse, which I talked about last week with Adrian, so I won't talk about it again, but um, but I watched uh, the first episode of season two of Master of None, which has um, your buddy uh, Aziz Ansari from... Uh, parks and recreation oh, yeah. and that was that yeah. show you used to adore oh yeah i um, still love he, it yeah yeah and he plays a very very different i mean he supposedly it seems very much like himself on this show so he's not on parks and rec he seemed kind of to me kind of um mean-spirited or a little snarky oh, at the very he's least really cocky yeah yeah, he's yeah. Really cocky. yeah 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 so no he's very dear and um just quirky and funny, and uh, it's it. I had forgotten. How I like kind of binge watched. I don't know when it first came. The first season when it first came out, and so I sort of it all went by in a blur. And so now I'm like, oh, it's so dear.
1: It's so <laughs> so oh, good. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I heard a review of that. I'd like to watch that, and that that is on my list. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. You know, speaking of Parks and Rec, I did watch on Saturday night. Um, we bought uh, or rented. Um, oh my gosh, the McDonald's movie. Oh, my is it double. called the Master? What's it called, Grant? The Ray Croc story. Yeah, the Ray Croc story. But what's the name of the movie? Oh, <laughs> I don't I know. My, I got my own producer here. His name is Grant. What's his, <laughs> what's the name of the movie, Grant? <laughs> he doesn't know. He's looking it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, but for... it's it's you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a movie that came out. It's it's fairly new. Do you know no, what I'm talking uh-uh. about?
0: No. Uh-uh. Was it? It was a documentary. I take it. No, 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 no.
1: It's a it's a, um it's a uh, it's with um. The Founder. It's called The Founder, and it's uh-huh. with, um, oh my gosh, who's the actor? <laughs> Mike, Michael Keaton. <laughs> Thank you. That's it really I, stuck with you. <laughs> yeah, well, it was good. I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was oh. super interesting. I think it's pretty close to... To the truth, from what uh-huh. I've again, like I, you know, I, I heard reviews about it when it came out, and um, the reason why I remembered that I saw that is because the guy who is Ron on Parks and Rec plays one of the Kroc brothers.
0: Oh, or not, gotcha. not not
1: no he no the Raymond Kroc. He plays one of the McDonald's brothers. So basically, oh, okay. the story is is that Ray Kroc basically came in and took McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers. Oh, in a long, oh. you know, it's a long. Um, wow. Yeah, it's definitely worth seeing. I mean, you know, and it was interesting just um, the innovation that the McDonald's brothers had as far as um, the way that they set up their restaurant to, you uh-huh. know, prior to that, it was all drive-ins, right? So you, oh, you ordered yeah. your food, you waited for 30 minutes, and then they brought it out to you on a tray. Sure. And so they instituted, like, the walk-up rest part of the restaurant. They instituted, um, you know, like, having your hamburgers ready to, you know, you know sliding down that little hatch thing, you know? Uh-huh. So, like, you know, uh-huh. you remember that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just, um, you know, left kind of, it it was disappointing just because, you know, I wanted the McDonald's brothers to win and and they Uh didn't. And basically the the, the part that um, at the end that is the most kind of controversial is they basically came to an agreement Uh on how things were going to go. And there was a handshake agreement that (gasps) McDonald's brothers would get 1%, I believe, of all the profits in perpetuity and mm-hmm. um and Ray Crock, the um the uh Michael Keaton character was mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I just we can't put it in this um oh. we can't put it in the contract because of X, Y, and Z and um basically they never got it. <gasps> Yeah. And that would be a
0: significant amount that little well, yes, one percent.
1: would be a lot of found change is what it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh
0: my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I vividly, vividly remember the first time I ever went to McDonald's as a child and we yeah. um we didn't live anywhere near one. And so it was and my mother was a you know, gourmet level cook. And so for us to go, it was a big, big deal. And, um, so we drive there and my, I was in the back of the station wagon and my mother's asking, you know, what does everybody want? What does everybody want? And I'm like, I want a hot dog. And we had barely ever been to a McDonald's. So so we didn't know until we get there. My mother's like, they don't have hot dogs. I'm like, I want a hot dog. And I just remember having such a meltdown and I wouldn't eat anything. And I just cried and cried all the way home. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, that's so
1: funny. I never liked that they put, um, I remember it as well. I was always a big Burger King fan over McDonald's mm-hmm. with because of one word, onions. I did not like the onions on a hamburger. Oh, my goodness. I thought yeah. you maybe were gonna you were going to say you're opposed to pickles. No, I really like pickles, but uh-huh. i remember I remember going there, but I mean, I was talking to somebody um, gosh, so I kind of grew up in a, in a town called Long Lake, which is you know really really um, uh, really really like country like for a long time I mean, I remember when Burger King was put up right um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know it was like when I was a freshman in high school. Uh-huh. And um and just like how exciting that was. And for some reason, maybe it was in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I was talking to somebody who was from Long Lake and I you know, and you know, significantly younger than I am, and uh and I was like, oh, I don't remember when they brought in the Burger King. She was like, Uh-huh. And then I was like, Oh my god, I've turned to that grandma like and I remember when we brought rotary phones and you know, like I'm
0: just like wow. Dude,
1: you update, well, we started having the party line at our house? It was a really big deal. I know, right? I know. When I dialed eight, six, seven, five, three oh nine the time because I thought it was so cool. Did you ever do that? Uh,
0: I did not. I know exactly what song you're talking about. I um, (laughs) I think... I want to say he didn't die recently was it the was it the Dixie's Midnight Runners guy recently died one of those two on, singers Eileen. died recently yeah I don't know yep yep um, so um well I'm going to introduce today's guest um and the topic we are going to behind the scenes of running races with two race directors including one who used to work for Run Disney But first, we'll be joined by Virginia Brophy-Ackman, the executive director of Twin Cities in Motion, which puts on the fabulous Twin Cities Marathon and 10-Miler. I'm sure you've heard us talk about those races. Um, Virginia has been with the Twin Cities in Motion team since June of 2000. A 10-time marathoner, Virginia recently rejoined the board of directors of Running USA, where she serves alongside Dimity, by the way. Um, And Dimity and (laughs) Dimity and I will jump into the conversation with Virginia right after this quick break. If you push your stroller while running, you're going to want to roll over to Aptiv because that fitness app just introduced a slew of stroller workouts. Like all the workouts on Aptive, these stroller ones meld the motivational and technical guidance of a trainer with fresh, fun playlists. Aptive stroller workouts are appropriate for all fitness levels and they combine strength moves, walking, light running, and plyometrics. These are workouts designed to help you heal and strengthen your muscles postpartum. Strength training options include Stroller Plyo and Stroller Strength 20. I will try to get through the alliteration oh, or opt for the stroller strong vibe stretching workout. Whoo, made it. Whoo, okay. Not a stroller pushing mother runner? Choose from Aptive's other music filled workouts, like ones for indoor cycling, yoga, strength training, treadmill running, and elliptical. Aptive is a subscription based app that's usually $9.99 a month or $99.99 per year, but Aptive is offering mother runners a free month of service. Sign up at aptive.com and enter code AMR30. Then discover all the workouts Aptive delivers. Again, use code AMR30 at Aptive.com. That's AAPTIV.com with code AMR30. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. Bark boxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first Bark Box. Dimity let Barkbox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel anytime. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com. Dot com slash amr That's barkbox.com/amr. Woof. Thanks to Storyworth for supporting our podcast. Storyworth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works: purchase a Storyworth subscription for someone you love, and each week Storyworth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a Storyworth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's
1: StoryWorth.com AMR. Welcome, Virginia. We're so glad you could join us. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Awesome. So we know that you've run 10 marathons, which is not insignificant. Not insignificant. Uh, tell us a bit about how you became a runner and where you are in your running now.
2: Sure. So I um, always ran for fun and I ran for fitness because I played soccer. Um, and then I ran my very first uh, timed race with my dad. It was a 5K. And then I actually, I guess, influenced my dad to start running, and then he went ahead and ran a marathon. And so that put the gauntlet down. So if he ran a marathon, I have to run a marathon. And so I ran my first Twin Cities
1: marathon in 1995 and uh, have been running them ever since. So so those 10 marathons, were those all Twin Cities, or were they, like, give us a little rundown? Sure.
2: No, actually, um, thankfully, I did Twin Cities uh, in 95, because once I started my job in 2000, um, you know, I really can't run my own race anymore. So was, I'm <laughs> sure. glad I got to do it once. Uh-huh. Um, no, I've actually run, um, I've traveled uh, up to grandma's and um, out to Vegas and down to Dallas and out east to Jersey. I've done um, uh, probably eight other cities, seven other cities, because oh, okay. I've done grandma's twice. Okay. Nice. Yeah, and I run now for fun, and I try to run a marathon, like, every few years, because <laughs> that's what my body can tolerate. Mm-hmm. I hear so, you. I so. hear ya.
1: Yep. It's all in the name of research, right? Like, that's the thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. You can go and, like, you know, inspect the course, right? And, and,
2: and get some Yeah, yeah. You
1: know- It is. You know, I think,
2: and in in some ways, you know, it's hard to shut it off and not pay attention, but in other ways, it's great because you do can pick, everyone has something to learn from each other. And I think that's the beauty of running each other's races is you pick up great tips along the way or things that people are doing that you want to
0: emulate. Right, right. So and, and that sort of leads into our next question, which is, um, I feel that everybody looks for different things in a marathon. And so for instance, I love a mid-sized field of runners, like so it's not too crowded, not too jam packed, but there's enough runners to give kind of a vibrant sense of energy. And then I love a course, which includes a lot of natural beauty, which of course is the Twin Cities Marathon. Um, and uh, from your professional perspective, what do you think makes a great marathon?
2: Oh, the spectators, um, having that, and I'm like you, I need that external energy to keep me going. And so for us to have 300,000 spectators on our course, um, is such a great way to feed energy, especially after mile 20. Um, I enjoy a course that's interesting, whether that be the scenery or just the part of the country we're in, if it's something different than I'm used to running on, Mm -hmm. um, Uh, But definitely um, having spectators is huge.
0: (laughs) I can't believe you have 300,000. I mean, it definitely, I like how it seems very, Twin Cities, it's very evenly spread out. So it's not just like a clump of, you know, spectators at mile 21 or something. And they also seem very engaged and informed. You know, like they definitely seem to get what's going on. They're not telling you at mile 16, you're almost there, you know, so.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we're so fortunate. We have a great running community and a great, Support community. Um, because we're third, this is our 36th year. We've got neighborhoods. You know, we've been running through the same neighborhoods, um, which is great because they come out and party. They come mm-hmm. out and set up in their front yards. Yep. They come out and hang out. You know, hold up their sides. And to your point, they know that it's not the end at mile 20, (laughs) you've got a long ways to go. Um, but I think we're just very fortunate to have a community that, that values, uh, you know, we're, we're a gem and an icon for the city and, and we don't ever take that for granted. And we work really hard to be neighborly to the streets that we close down and try Mm -hmm. to support those communities during the year. And, um, we're just really appreciative of the fact that people do come out and cheer for our runners.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally, totally. Well, what I love about it. I've never run the marathon. I've run the ten Miler a couple times, but um we have a good we've a good friend that lives in St. Paul. So our mo is to jump on bikes, you know, there's like a a little like pack of us, a little peloton. And um, you know, there's so you can really follow the race on a bike on on legitimate bike paths. I mean, we're not on the course, right? Um, so, yeah. you know, and I really like that you can, um, see them at a lot of different places. And, you know, we were just out in the pits at the Pittsburgh marathon, um, two weekends ago and we, we rented some city bikes there and it was okay, but it didn't, I keep flashing back to like how, I mean, it's just, it's just the course, right. It's so pretty. It's by the, it's by the river, it's by the, um, lakes. And, you know, when we were kind of on the just backside of Pittsburgh, biking around and lost too so that doesn't
0: make it any better but, <laughs> and, and getting um, in trouble for being on the course didn't you a little bit
1: a bikes. little bit yeah we got we got chastised for a minute yeah but, you um... know,
2: we're really fortunate because when you start downtown there are paths right and when you run along the, the 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 lakes and the river um there's paths and then on summit avenue to for the last you know five six miles there's the adjacency road so mm-hmm. There, we are fortunate. You're right. Biking is actually a really great way to do it because you you can stay out of the way
1: and still observe the whole race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun. And and I got a second. The like parties in the yards. I mean, last year we parked somewhere on summit at a you know at a friend of a friend's house and you know and drank Bloody Mary. It was right by mile 25, and we were drinking like the most awesome Bloody Marys and just screaming our guts out and so fun. I mean, just so fun. You know, and ev- like Sarah said, everybody's like genuinely engaged and really wants you know you can just feel it it's mm-hmm. it's really it's a really special atmosphere
2: yeah yeah and yeah, i think both cities are very proud of their cities you know we we were just uh ranked most fit a city again um oh, congratulations. this week so <laughs> it i think that that's part of that right people recognize that that it's important to be fit and active and healthy and and the fact that people come out and cheer and support you says that that people it's top of mind for
1: the mm-hmm. twin cities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure Sure. All right. So let's, let's dial down into some of the details. Um, you know, as runners, I don't think we can even comprehend all the details that go into making a race a fulfilling, memorable success for the participants. So what are some details that you think runners would be surprised to learn of um, that, you know, are really important that they go off without a hitch um, or as few hitches as possible? I mean, what are some things where people are like, oh, my gosh, you have to do that to get, you know, when people are <laughs> amazed when, when they hear your job description?
2: So we actually start – you know, as soon as it's over, we send out a race, post-race survey, and we get feedback that way, and I think that's that's actually one of the very first things we do and look at, to say, what did we do and what can we do better, or, you know, can we tweak something, or... Um, we get a lot of great feedback, and we always welcome it and want it, because I think that's your best opportunity for improvement. Um, and then we reach out to the cities, um, and for us, it's, it's not just Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's We have five sets of police that we have to work with, and so we have to reach out to each entity and say, what went well for you, what went well for us, um, We're fortunate because both cities work well together and really um, strive to make sure that when people come to town or just come from across the cities that they have a good experience in the cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, We are constantly talking to our peers. Um, We attend trade, you know, Running USA um, is our trade organization. We attend that and talk to our peers. We we steal best practices all the time from each other. Um, Again, emulating each other is the best form of flattery um you know that we 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 check trends um in in non-running events like what's going on out in the world that's cool and fun and different because we are trying to uh we are always thinking about the runner experience and and how to improve upon that and for us for us safety is the most important thing um first and foremost um so we're constantly um Working with law enforcement, or like we might go down to NCS4, which is um, National Center for Safety and Security. Um, again, coming together to share best practices about how to keep us safe. Um, we reach out. The, the other kind of fun thing that we do is we reach out to the neighborhoods. We have neighborhood contests, and so we we welcome the this, the the neighborhoods along the course to come out and um, put up their cheer zone. And they it's themed usually, and then we go through and judge. Um, you know who has the best best parties and cheer and <laughs> zones, and then we actually donate back to the community um, on their behalf. Um, so I think the, the thing that we do all the time is look for input, and, and we get it a lot of different ways. And we read up,
1: obviously, on trends and what's
2: going on, too.
1: Um, so let's talk about the two most important things from a runner's perspective, the T-shirt and the medal. Can you talk about <laughs> the design process for that and, like, how you, you know, how, how you... Yeah. Pick what what you feel like is going to be a great, well-received design each year. Yeah, um, and it, as
2: you know, um, the medal is like the number one thing, and that has definitely um, changed over time for us. You know, since I've been here, um, we work with a design firm called Kick. Um, they're local, and we sit down with them early on and 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 start thinking about themes. We, we change it up every year. We don't want if you're going to come back and run us each year. We want you to have a you know have a different shirt each year. Sure. We want you to have fun art. We're very much about the art. Um, so we work for the marathon. It's about a finisher shirt, um, you know, showing the pride in finishing the marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, but in all our races, we have really cool medals and it's been fun to work with the metal company, you know, our vendors to come up with new and innovative different ways to present medals
0: to runners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then um, I'm always wondering, you know, as, as I'm like, you know, trying to kick back before a race, put my feet up, have some pasta, that sort of thing. I just always think, Oh my gosh, those poor race directors, they must just be going crazy nuts with details. So like, what's the most hectic time before a race? Is it a a week ahead of time? Is it the day before the night before the day of? Uh, Good question. Um, So if, if weather is going to
2: become an issue, that's when it becomes the most hectic. Otherwise, um, you know, race week is what it is. You know, the ship has left the, <laughs> left the port and, and the, you know, the wheels are turning. And so, um, if, if weather is good, then race week goes pretty smoothly, you know, because you've already, we've done all the work for 364 days, you know, we're the minute we're done, we're planning the next year. Um, and so, um, there's a crescendo, um, you know, by June, July, we crescendo, uh, leading up to October, um, and, you know, there's always little things here and there, but it, as long as it's a good weather weekend, it's it goes pretty
0: well. Okay, and you're making it be good weather for this year, right? Because I got to... <laughs> yes, I already I, put in the order. Oh, I already I gotta, put it in. Because... Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, the last year was so beautiful and you know, the, gosh, the year I ran, it's so beautiful. And so then from the moment I signed up, I'm like, that's it. It's either going to be too hot or it's going to be rainy.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, we're a good time of year yeah. uh, on average. The average ho- uh, low at the start is 34, which is perfect. Oh yeah. The high is only in the fifties. I mean, we typically October for us is dry and cool, Oh. Okay. which is um, perfect. And that's, you know, I think that's a misnomer about the twin cities is it's, we're not cold all year round we're beautiful a lot of the time yeah (laughs) and fall is actually perfect for running marathons because it's crisp in the morning and and pleasant in the afternoon
0: yeah that year that uh dim and i were there when she ran the 10 miler um it's the first time you ran it dim and then when i ran the marathon it um I remember it was, I think that was uh, kind of maybe the lowest you've had. It was like, I don't know, 26 or something at the start. And that was um, in 2012. And uh, I remember standing there and looking at women who were wearing tank tops and like bun huggers. And I just was like shivering looking at them. And by like mile eight, I'm like, oh, I'm so envious of that girl in the tank top. I'd give anything to be wearing a tank top. Um, So you know was- that's
2: probably a Minnesotan then.
0: <laughs> that was probably a Minnesotan because we know better, right? Because
2: um, you know, in the twenty degree rule, I think it, it's really hard to follow the twenty degree rule. So if it's twenty nine at the start, twenty degree. 20 degree rule will be what would I wear at 49 mm-hmm. and that's really hard to do in the first three miles because it's cold but yeah. once you get past that it's awesome because then you're not too hot and um but yeah you're probably looking at a Minnesotan if they were wearing <laughs> <laughs> in that few clothing <laughs> at 20 something
0: <laughs> oh my gosh so so we asked uh for questions on our Facebook page and we got a timely one from Teresa and I I hope you um don't feel this is crossing a line to be asking this, but uh, Teresa ran the Maine coast marathon last weekend in horrific weather. I'm, I'm sure you've heard about it and that she misqualified for Boston due to a race marshal error that added a half mile to the course that from what I've heard, it sounds like everybody ran that extra half mile. It was down a little dead end, um, cul-de-sac type thing. And she wants to know if a race director, sh- if you think a race director should travel a course prior to the start, or if they do to ensure volunteers and marshals are in place and know their duties, and um you know like it's it just seems like this has been getting a lot of attention what what is taken so that the people who are standing there know what they're doing and know which way to be directing people and kind of what their job is sure
2: yeah that's actually a great question um so we i can say what we do um mm-hmm. for the two weeks prior we drive it our race director drives it our volunteer counterpart drives it and then we also drive it with the police mm-hmm. so uh, and the city. Um, and so everyone is um, versed in the course, um, you know, particularly in a year where there's change. So, you know, there's always construction, right? And sometimes we have to change. And so we meet in person. Uh, we have meetings with the city officials, with the police, and then we actually go out in vehicles and drive it. Mm-hmm. Um, for our course marshals, we actually have a training Um, and we go through any changes if there are any, and if there's not, then we just refresh on, on, you know, just the, the normal points, but we always have training and meetings in person and, uh, live drive Mm throughs Um, so I can only speak to what we do.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's another one from the Facebook crowd. Uh, this one's from Tammy who wrote, I'm sure you love the running community as a whole, but there's gotta be some people who make your job tough. What is something that runners do that drives you crazy? And, you know, what we love TMI around here, too much information. So, you know, no one's going to boycott the Twin Cities Marathon if you, you know, throw them <laughs> no, under the bus.
2: <laughs> no, no, funny. You know what? I, the thing that drives us nuts is devices. Um, uh-huh. Because runners will say, I ran more than 26.2. Well, if uh-huh. you didn't run the tangents, yes, you did. Um, and the devices can be... Uh, you know off a little bit and so i honestly that's really the only thing that drives us nuts is like it is a marked it is a certified course it is 26.2 it just depends on how you traverse it (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. sure sure is there a lot of griping like facebook page and stuff afterwards
2: uh no usually no i mean you know if somebody personally is off by point one or point two you know they might say something to us and we just share hey you know um if did you run all the tangents um and i sure. you know and it's hard to do all the time right because there's certain times that you know you're just running straight and you're not you know, you're zoned and you're not paying attention that you should hug the curb or, you know.
0: I also think a lot of people don't even think of that, 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 oh, okay, well, in another half mile, there's a left turn. So I shouldn't be swinging real wide here to the right. Yeah. You know, that state, but I mean, if you can, if you can memorize the course that well, my hat's off to you because I'm just like, (laughs) well, I can see for a little couple blocks ahead of me and I know I need to keep running straight. Like That's about as detailed as I get, you know. So, yeah, we usually find
2: that if there's anything people if someone has an issue, usually um, it's easy to to have a conversation about it and either educate them or just um, acknowledge it. But usually it's we can educate people and say, hey, think about this when you're, you know, the next time you're running. Mm
1: -hmm. Sure. What about music? I mean, I know I feel like everybody and their mother, you know, is in headphones right now. Have you run into any big issues with that or is that just now just such Um, part of the culture that it's not a big deal?
2: Yeah, you know, um, we have, you know we're, we, safety is our priority, so we do encourage people not to wear the, the headphones, but we understand that, that some people want to use them. Um, I think, you know, we provide entertainment the entire way, and I think, um, and, and with the spectators, like we've mentioned, I think we have a lot to help distract the runner, but um, we just ask people to keep their, noise, their music down, keep the noise level down so that they can hear any instructions that might be coming from a, a
1: race official. Sure, sure. Um, okay, and so then what about um, race etiquette? Is there anything that you can share some pointers for runners to make the races proceed smoothly, whether it's lining up in the correct corral or keeping their music down like you just talked about? I mean, is there anything like where you're like, oh, I wish that they knew this?
2: Yeah, I, I really want to – I would love to encourage all runners to leave an extra half an hour into your plan to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really hard – on everybody the runner and the volunteer uh, and the staff when somebody comes in a panic because they're late Mm -hmm. Um, and especially at our race because it's downtown there's you can actually get there by train by bus or be dropped off or park and so whatever option you take, I would always buffer it a half an hour because mm-hmm. you just don't know what's going to come up before you get there. Um, so if people could arrive early and leave enough time for restroom use, um, that, that's the big one. Leave enough time to do all of your rituals and routines before you start. Yeah. Yeah. That That's a huge one. And then the other thing I think is just being aware of your surroundings. So when you're, when you're running, be aware of what's around you. Don't just stop in the middle mm-hmm. of the road, you know, kind of look around you and pull off to the side. If, if you're having an issue or if you're grabbing water, mm-hmm. run, go past the first table and keep going down. There's always way more tables open and mm-hmm. um, uh, for people to access. So I think just being aware of your surroundings and, mm-hmm. and being uh, early. Would
0: be right. great, sure. Right. So you mentioned um, bathroom, uh, going to the bathroom, and everything. So that uh, leads into a TMI question, which I always love. This one's from Melanie on Twitter, and she says, "I've always wondered how race directors know the number of porta potties to order and how they decide where to place them."
2: Good question, too. Um, so there's an industry standard. There's a no. ratio, um, <laughs> and 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 there is, and we actually, for us, we go lower. So we want to make sure that the lines are short and your experience is, is a good one. And so if if and I I should know it by heart. I think it's fifty to one, um, but we go down to thirty five to one. Oh,
0: nice, nice. We um, like that yeah. attention to detail. That's the type of thing that us mother runners appreciate.
1: <laughs> and is that that's and at I the also- starting and the finish line, right? And then and then if like if there's if there's water at the aid stations, like you have like three or four just. Oh, right, yeah,
2: yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The lowest okay. ratio is actually at the start line because that's, you know, because people finish at different times. It's not so st- the bathrooms aren't stressed at the finish the way they are sure. at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: a good point. But
0: then how do you know where to put them? Are they only at are typically at any race? Are they only cuz it seems to me like there's oftentimes a few at mile 1, mile 2, you know, for the people who think they can hold it and then they're suddenly like, "I'm about to burst. I got to stop." Oh sure. So
2: um, we actually uh, keep data and and ask our course marshals what they're seeing. Cool. So um, um, and then like, we just like know bones. we always have aid stations <laughs> or bathrooms with aid stations. So uh-huh. you'll always you can always so, so that way if you have any needs you can or or a medical station. You know we put it all together. So at the aid uh-huh. station, the medical station, and the bathrooms are always together. And then you consistently know where they are on the course. Um, but over time we just, we take feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So between that first mile, second mile, you're still in the city. Mm-hmm. And so we look for, are there any complaints, um, mm-hmm. from businesses? You know, um, mm-hmm. we try really hard, hard to encourage people to use the restrooms. <laughs> <And>
0: <laughs> Particularly yeah. being in, being in the, a city. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So it's a little harder in the city. So we're always watching and listening for complaints if there are any, um, from businesses. And then we make sure, like at the start line, believe it or not, you know, it is amazing to me that there's the bathrooms are you know uh, back, and then by the time you get to the crowd, you got to go again. And so we've learned to even put literally potties at the start line, uh, so that people can auspicious get in and start get back to into the, their
0: crow. auspicious start to your race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you have any organization? organizational advice, uh, for mother runners who might be organizing like a 5k or 10k race in their community, maybe as a fundraiser for a local charity or for their kid's school, something like that.
2: Sure. Um, I know, you know, we are very open to taking uh, phone calls, having coffee, um, having meetings with local races or local organizations that wouldn't put on races. I think Mm -hmm. it's, if you have, if you can reach out to someone in your community to Mm -hmm. get advice, um, or at a minimum to understand who to talk to. I, I think the biggest thing is making sure you know that, you know, do you need a permit, where do you file it, mm-hmm. what, are the, what are the city uh, requirements,
1: because um, mm-hmm.
2: a park is different than the city, you know, or, um, you know, so knowing your venue and understanding those requirements at the very beginning. Um, you know, I think if you have someone you can reach out to and ask, to meet with or just have a list of questions for them. I know we're always happy to do that because it's not as easy as it looks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to put on a race is not easy if you want it to go well and, mm-hmm. and you, and you know, even if it's a fundraiser, you want it to have a positive, um, you know, a positive reflection on your organization. So it's, um, or if you have the ability to hire, you know, an event organizer, that's even better, right? Cause then you have their expertise in
0: your back pocket. Right. 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 That's good advice. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Virginia. We look forward to seeing you in the Twin Cities this fall. We are super excited to have
2: you and we look forward to it. And thanks so much for having me today. Thanks. Thanks Take care.
0: Bye, Virginia. Bye-bye. Our next guest is Sarah Ratsliffe, otherwise known as The Other Sarah, um, the director of events for Zuma, Cape Cod, Florida, and Texas. Before getting involved with the Zuma Women's Race Series, Sarah worked for 11 years at Run Disney, where she was instrumental at developing events at Disneyland in California and Disneyland Paris. Ooh la la. Um, a lifelong athlete, Sarah is the mom of two young children. Welcome to the show,
1: Sarah. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you here, Sarah. So um, remind us, how old are are those kiddos of yours right now?
3: Well, I have, um, Avery is my oldest, so she is five and a half, um, and Jackson is three years old. So Avery is heading into kindergarten. I actually have to get her registered tomorrow, uh, Mm. which is just, I'm not quite ready for all (laughs) of that. I don't know why, something about kindergarten seems so official.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it's a tar- it sort of a schedule. <laughs> and uh, the thing that I noticed, it was um, really different for me to then not know what my child was doing for so many hours. That that at yeah. our our preschool, we had um, little um, kind of composition books and they'd be in their cubby. And so when you go into, you know, I'd go in to pick up Phoebe, my oldest one, there would be, you know, there's her lunchbox and her little sweater and there's a composition book and the teacher would have made notes and you know, certainly wasn't minute by minute, but I would know that she, you know, played at the light table with, you know, Greta and, you know, did this with, you know, Alex or whatever. Mm. And suddenly I'm like, Wait, she's been gone from me for six hours and I don't know what she did. So right. so, so be prepared. Well,
3: I- What's crazy now is they have an app. So I actually get a notification oh. any pretty much anytime time she sits down, goes to the bathroom or eats something. So yeah, oh for gosh. now
0: for six hours I won't <laughs> wow. know I won't know what it is. You'll be looking so. at your phone like, It must be broken. Why am I so, getting no is yeah. she not going to the bathroom? Is she not eating? <laughs>
1: I have to say, you know, hallelujah for a little parental liberation, right? Like, it's not like we're sending yeah. them off to, you know, work at, you know, uh, the railroad or something like that. Like, <laughs> right? they're going to be just fine in kindergarten, ladies. They got to stay. Just, yeah. just have to tell you.
0: Yeah. It's
1: uh, just,
3: you know, it's a big hurdle. So, yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, anyway, it is. Like,
0: Absolutely. It is. it is. Maybe bring a couple of tissues when you go to register if yeah. you register online. Um, I know. So, Sarah, we are longtime fans of the Zuma Women's Race series, and we're excited to talk to you about those races. But we just gotta start our conversation with some run Disney details. So, um, please kick things off with a uh, make us laugh behind the scenes anecdote or two. No pressure. <laughs> well, no of pressure. Of course, of course, of
3: <laughs> course. Well, everyone wants, you know, the the behind the scenes scoop of, of Disney. It's such a there's always such a cloak of of uh, secrecy, you know, at times. About Disney, and I have to—I have to tell you, I actually, um, you know, I, I just left Disney. It's—it's it's only been about four months now, and um, so I—I've recently, you know, cleaned out my my desk after ten years, and and so I have all these medals from, you know, that all the time I was there. So I, I had to pull them out and um, and and look at them, you know, just to remind myself kind of of what that ten-year journey, journey was like. So, um, and and as you mentioned, you know, I did have the, I was so lucky to be able to develop events at Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and then even Castaway Key, the, uh, the Island, um, at, at, uh, when you go on one of the Disney cruises, you know, there's a private Island. So, uh, we did a 5k there. that We developed about three years ago too. So, um, so, you know, I had just a breadth of, of experience there and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, I, I know that, We've all known each other for a while, but I don't know how much you guys know about my my history and um you know, when I joined the Run Disney team, it wasn't even Rundisney and um I think I don't even think it had a name at that time. It just was like a marathon and, you know, some other some other events and I had never even I'd never even been to to Walt Disney World before. Oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. yeah, I grew up, you know, a small town farm girl in Kansas, you know, our family vacations consisted of like visiting Mount Rushmore or like the largest ball of twine, you know, so like that's the really, really, like, picture of my brother and I standing next to the largest ball of twine. Like we just didn't go to Disney World, right? So when I joined as an intern, just even the whole culture of Disney itself was was surprising. You know, I, I still remember the first day I walked in and everyone was so nice. And then I think I sat down and it was one of our core team meetings. And, and then I think we started talking about like, you know, where could Snow White go versus Cinderella? And, you know, they can't live in the same world. And I was
0: like, what, what is this place? What am I,
3: what have I, can't I done live in
0: the same world? <laughs>
3: exactly. And then, you know, all my background from an athletic perspective, I was a team sports player, right? So we didn't, I didn't run. I, we ran for punishment. We ran for training, mm-hmm. you know, it was never this like, Oh, people are going to pay money and go or run. So, <laughs> and I don't even think I knew how long a half marathon was. So I had so much to learn, you know, and I, I'd been putting on events, you know, rugby tournaments or, you know, parties. I was an event planner my whole life. And, um, so I kind of knew that, but then, you know, having to learn what that looked like in the endurance world and at Disney was, was a very fun thing. So, um, you know, and Disney itself was, was developing it. it, The marathon had only been around, I think, for maybe 10 or 15 years by the time I joined, I think it was 15. Um, and then there weren't all these other events. So we had, we kind of grew the business and built all these races. So I still remember one of the first expedition Everest we had was in September and September is a terrible time to hold an event. Um, in Florida, there's a lot of lightning, there's torrential downpours, you know, but we were like, Oh, it's going to be fine. And, we're in the parking lot of, of animal kingdom. And all of a sudden, you know, the lightning starts crackling, it's raining. And, and I had to get on a chair. I'm like telling people to go to their cars. You know, we just, it was, please not a,
0: not a metal chair, not a metal chair. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um,
3: you know, I had that kind of thing and then, um, we had an inline marathon when
0: I first joined
3: and, you know, this was way before, an inline cool marathon. Thing. Oh my gosh. So, inline, inline skating. So...
0: so, otherwise known as rollerblading. Rollerblading. Yes. Skating, roller that's,
3: that's, yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you. I actually have the medal right next to me here of people inline skating. But, you know, people back then, I say back then like it was so long ago, but it's before spandex was cool. Like now, you know, we can all wear our yoga pants and it's fine. But spandex was not quite as developed back then. But everyone. Who did an inline marathon, you know, and skates was in spandex. So here I am again, like, what is a marathon? And people are in spandex, they're rollerblading. And when you have to do these waves, you know, of people getting to the start line, well, when you're, when you hold a rope across the, the waves, and people are running, you know, everyone just sort of walks orderly up to the front. Well, in an inline marathon, you have to run because these people are skating. So you're like, out
0: of the way. You know, I
3: know. We're like hoofing it to get up there. So, you know, it just, it, there's so many fun things. And then Castaway Key, that's probably gonna be one of my favorite ones, you know, this island. Where when the boat docks at Castaway Key, you get off and it's, you know, it's gorgeous. The sun is up, there's food and there's water parks and there's all these great things. Well, when you go there to set up the 5K, it's dark. <laughs> there's, there's nobody, there's no lights on the island. You know, we're trying to set up fence. So we all have these headlamps on oh and no one can see each other because we're all blinding each other with our headlamps. And... <laughs> You know, but but these are the things that you just, I, you know, they're just so much fun. Um, oh
0: I have, you I, know, to, to, I have do. to ask, how many people are we talking in an inline marathon?
3: I think there are about 3,000 people.
0: Oh, that's a lot of people were. on skates.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and so there was this hill, you know, at Disney, at Walt Disney World, there's off ramps. Those are the only hills oh, yeah. that we have. Yeah. I'm making my air quotation. So, hills. <laughs> and so people would. We would, you know, jokingly call it Temple Hill because you'd go down but, and then you've got a curve around and, you know, we oh. had to make sure people
2: were safe.
3: And then, and then even in Hollywood Studios, there was this big curve that would go around. And so we would line it with hay bales, which is just kind of ludicrous to think it. of now. But, you know. I mean, that's what, yeah. We did ten years ago. That's that's what people were
1: doing. So yeah. No, I was just about to say you should have brought up the hay bales. Like, there's your, there's your farm girl, Kansas, right there. Well, I mean, it's I so funny what they were. I was like, oh yeah, I know yeah. exactly how those are made. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. So it it was well, really so, fun. Yeah. Well, so with your whole background, and you definitely were part of this, is I feel like you know, run Disney changed the landscape of the running world and the racing world in a significant way in that like every corral, well, I don't know if this is at every race, but every corral at the bigger races starts with fireworks. You know, every mm-hmm. runner should have a great experience for every mile. Like it doesn't matter if you're winning the race or you're, you know, just being chased by the sag wagon. Like, you know, you are going to have the exact same very celebrated experience. Um, and so I, I, I guess um, I'm just curious, or we are curious, like, do you think that Disney – has changed the racing landscape with that perspective, and and talk a little bit about that perspective and how it how it how you guys fostered it. Absolutely,
3: no, and I I would agree 100 that that Disney really um, changed the landscape in in many ways. Um, you know, when when I first started there, um, you know, I think there's this perception that only only the only people that were running a marathon or a half marathon were, you know, super fit. They only ate like rice and protein and shakes, you know, and, and ever you know, and, and Disney is sort of, um, like it does with everything kind of makes it safe and, and open. And, um, I will say if, as I, as I came there, I, I looked around at all the different shapes and sizes that were running these races. And I thought, oh, well, I can do this too, you know, and, and I actually, in, in joining it, you know, started to experience these races too to, to see, okay, what do people like? You know, why are, why are they running, you know, 13 miles? And, and then in, in the process kind of got hooked myself um, and then understood, you know, it doesn't matter if you're fast or you're the slower one, um, you should have the same experience. And that's that's the overall Disney philosophy where in, in the theme parks, you know, The guest is always first, right? Like we're looking out for their experience. Are they having a great time? And if they're not, how do we fix that? And and so we were able to kind of apply that same philosophy to to Disney, and um, you know, bringing on working with Jeff Galloway and the Run Walk Method really gave people a way to to train. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is the number of people that we brought into running Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to have a healthier lifestyle to, to run with their families because, you know, Disney made it, Disney made it safe and Disney made it fun. Um, So I I just, I'm really thankful for for run Disney and and everything that it's, it's done for the industry in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think another, and, and we always would joke about, this is the only half marathon or, you know, marathon where people actually train to get faster just so they can stop more along the course, right? Everyone, <laughs> I mean, that is a true statement, you know? Oh, it's totally true. That's um, great. That's a good perspective. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they love it. You know, there's so much, um, it, 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 that's what people want to do. They want to see the character. They're enjoying it. And it's not just about how do I beat my fastest time, but how am I healthy? How am I taking care of me? Um, and my family but how am I also having fun along the way and costumes I mean think about costumes too did people run in costumes before Disney
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know and now it's like if if you're not wearing a costume people are looking at you funny at, at a run Disney race so mm-hmm. you know I bring that whole element of fun and, and magic to running um, is something that that I think Disney really kind of led the way in. And and as I'm looking at my medals, um, that are laid out in front of me here, um, you know, medals are another thing I think where Disney started to change the industry and, and it's not that they were, they got bigger, but it was just this idea of that everyone would get one, you know, Mm -hmm. and that they were very cool and fun. And, and I think, um, they helped, uh, Disney helped with that as well. And, and the one thing that I always find funny is, um, challenges, right? Mm So, When I joined, when I came to the team, uh, they had just begun the Goofy Challenge, and it was the first year. And what had happened, it was almost by accident, because the half and the full um, in January used to be run on the same day, Mm -hmm. and they had gotten big enough where we needed to operationally separate them and do a half on one day and a full on the other. And they said, hey, let's do this challenge, you know, let's do this thing called Goofy's Challenge and see how many people will run both.
0: And, and, and describe to them so that that means you run the at that time the half on Saturday and then the full on Sunday.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. and that you just made me realize how in grade night, in grade, and, right? In, you're like Goofy Challenge, did, of course. Like, well, well, just everyone, that the, that? yeah, right, right. <laughs> they do. So. Um, so yeah, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's have people run a half on Saturday, a full on Sunday, and give them an extra medal. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, some bets taken in the office about <laughs> how many that would be. And really, the highest bet was 300. People said no more than 300. Oh and,
2: gosh.
3: and, you know, that first year, we had over 3000 people.
2: Oh, my gosh. And it.
3: yeah. And so, you know, you, we started this culture, then started to change. And, and, you know, over, then it was, now you have the pixie dust challenge. You've got the glass slipper, you know, all these mm-hmm. different challenges. Um, and I, I would work the booth a lot. I'd travel a lot, you know, and talk to people in the booth. And then even at our races and the language started to change where, where it was like, oh, well, you know, what are you running this weekend? And, and people would say, well, I'm just running the half marathon or I'm just <laughs> running the full, right? Like, like, wow, well, that's a really big accomplishment, <laughs> you know, but it just it changed the culture. And, and now you see that everyone is like, you know, hey, if you give me a medal, I'll do, you know, four days of running. (laughs) So so
1: that's,
3: that's some of the trends I think that I've seen, you know, over,
0: over time. I mean, the rock, the rock and roll races are start, have started doing that. And, and I definitely think it was Disney that started to, or the, you know, the, the coast to coast medal that Disney does, you know, so you run a, a Florida race and a California race in the same calendar year. And oh my gosh, when I would talk to people, sometimes we'd meet them at our booths and they'd be so disappointed because like they'd run, you know, a race in Florida in November and then Mm -hmm. they would run, you know, Tinkerbell in May, which is in California. Well, those aren't the same calendar year. And so, Oh, I don't get
3: (laughs) it. Right. They're like, they're planning years (laughs) ahead. Uh Well, and one thing that we did too, and, and, um, you know, rock and roll had to have the concept to, if you run a couple races, you know, they'll, they'll mail you a medal. Mm-hmm. Well, what we found was kind of that as people were finishing, we were, we started awarding those challenge medals mm-hmm. and it was just such a great, it was such a feeling of accomplishment, right. And, and the medal commemorates it. Um, and you know, we're able to just make that magic at the end as, mm-hmm. as people are finishing. So mm-hmm
0: magic got to have the magic at at disney always magic so much yeah
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so disney was awesome we we fully Mm -hmm. celebrate that but now you are headed to a very different um kind of race which is a women's only race zuma races what kind of insight are you going to bring to um or what insight are you bringing to zuma and what additions can ladies look for at the cape cod or florida races later this year
3: yes yeah, so that's a great question and one that i've been spending a lot of, mm-hmm. of time working on and um you know I, I know you didn't actually ask me this question but i'm going to answer it so you did but um oh. you know,
1: are, you ask, are you a politician are you a politician why don't you start stupid. talking about you know mount everest challenge oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: <kidding>. uh, maybe <laughs> i like, can you know, i've been learning from the best as of late um so, uh, no, but, you know, there may be the question too of like, well, why would you leave, you know, why would you leave on Disney and, and, you know, to, uh, to take on, on Duma, you know, what, what are the reasons behind that? And, um, you know, I, there's a couple of reasons, um, for me, you know, I, I was with Disney for 10 years and got to build so many great things. And what I really love to do is be creative and, you know, build these great and fun experiences and, and I've done that for these major races, um, in the past, you know, I mean, the Disney marathon, there's 60,000 people that come to Walt Disney world over that weekend, you know, and, and I thought, what, what would it be like to, you know, how creative can I be on a smaller boutique race, like Azuma, mm-hmm. right? Which is, um, a different, it's a different type of experience. And for me, I just wanted to try something new where I can continue to create, but in a different way. So when you build these mega events you know you're having to create an event for the masses versus now you can create these sort of amazingly tailored fun you know experiences because there are fewer people um that are that are in the races and and I think in some ways participants even enjoy that experience right there's a little bit less crowding you know you mm-hmm. you get that that experience so um the start time li- start
0: times a little later maybe <laughs> <laughs> something something that I always I heard mean, quite I, a bit about those disney races <laughs> <yeah>. oh, <laughs> i'm little. not gonna lie when i yeah the start
3: time of zoom was like 7 a.m i i was at the florida race last year you know kind of checking it out and and seeing it all and and um Brooke and bray were like well uh you only have to to get up at like um you know, we need you here around like 630 or seven. I was like, really? <laughs> Normally I'm up at like 1am right. <laughs> you know, days in a row. Like really, this is amazing. So, um, but you know, I looked at the Zuma experience and I, you know, I've known about Zuma for, for many years and, um, you know, there's so many great things about it. Their destination races in these beautiful locations, you get this awesome party that's typically, you know, beachfront or oceanfront or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and it's so, it, it's, it's so made for women, right? Like there's, there's wine and there's shopping and there's recovery yoga and there's bands. Like, it's just this wonderful place where you can kind of come together and celebrate. And, um, you know, and all the, the, the swag is, is made for women. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of really great things there when I looked at zoom and I love to travel. I love seeing new cities. Um, and I thought, you know, what a fun thing to work on and what can I bring to it? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how the things that I love, how can I bring those to this race? And then also Disney, right? So, and I think Disney does such a great job with that sort of runner experience, runner first, the runner always wins, you know, really great guest service. So I, I definitely want to bring that, um, to the series. Um, but then also how is it, how is it an overall weekend? What's the overall experience? You know, it's not just the race and the party afterwards, but so one of the things we're adding is, um, sunrise yoga mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, those people who stay over or, or local will do like a beachfront yoga, which is, I mean, I think it's kind of yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Very um,
3: nice. of course, metals. Uh, <laughs> the the medals might have to be, you know, even bigger and,
0: and blingier. Blinged up, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah.
1: Wait, but weren't they, weren't, the I, I haven't been to a Zuma race in a while. Yeah, but are, are they still staying with the necklaces or a piece of jewelry or is it going to go to medals? No, they,
3: you know, I think they were necklaces for maybe one or two years, but then as of late they have been medals.
0: Look at that. We are so oh. old school. We totally, I mean, I remember when it was such a big deal that Zuma did necklaces. Yeah. Uh,
1: right.
0: And then Brace and, then Bray sent, uh, um, my kids a whole bunch of the necklaces from one year she had too many of them and I forget like oh because my kids had like um like you could get points or something and then you'd have a store like and so kids would bring in like I don't know popsicle things they'd made you know popsicle sticks or whatever and I'm like here you can bring in all these like you know Maryland these Annapolis medals and oh my gosh they were quite coveted
3: (laughs) oh I bet they were I mean you don't often get like Twenty-five, fifty necklaces at one time.
0: Exactly. So now all these kids in Portland it. have this little, you know, the lone star the necklace from, necklaces. from Texas race or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, and you know, it, it's funny because, um, and you know, I've asked, I've asked around too. you know, what, what do women like? Do they like the necklaces? You know, I mean, when Nike was doing the Tiffany necklaces, mm-hmm. um, you know, versus the medals and, you know, the jury's out, I think a little bit, mm-hmm. um, on it, but you know, just as of late, it's been. We it's can been
0: a- we can ask people to uh, tweet us. Um, yeah. Hashtag Zuma Necklace versus hashtag Zuma Metal. Maybe right. take a little well, unofficial poll.
3: Okay, so what if I like blow your minds just a little?
0: Oh, okay, all right. Oh,
3: is there a necklace <laughs> in the metal? What if it's a metal with a charm that can be a necklace?
1: Oh, I mean, look at that! Right, oh, right? look at I that. Mean, Alone. hashtag mind blown
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's been a lot of races that have done that but yeah. you know we uh-huh. know I'd love you know just any I, and again that you know that's the fun thing about this is we can make it we can make it a necklace one year and we can make it a medal the next year so uh-huh. uh, but you know it's definitely it's women it's women it's a woman's race is mm-hmm. what it is and um, you know, it's meant to be all the things that that women love, and so I have to tell you guys that one of the things that we really want to do, um, and that we're bringing, is I think you guys have worked with Modigo in the past, right? Yep. The, yep. So, um, you know, I love traveling. I love learning about different cities, and so one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to create a course tour, oh. so you can run. Let's say you're in Cape Cod or um, Texas or or Amelia Island, and you know, you start your the race is going to start. You got your phone up. You start your music. You start your your run tracker, your travel, whatever it is. And then you can start the MotoGo as well. And then as you pass some of these cool locations, um, mm-hmm. we want to kind of tell you about the history of of the city you know because they're 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 so so historic
0: (laughs) this is so right up my alley (laughs) oh do you talk about the architecture too and the flowers
3: (laughs) (laughs) we probably will Yes. well and then you can record you know messages from your friends and family that will come up along the way and um and one of the things that we've done is we've because we do have to be careful with the safety of, you know, Mm -hmm. headphones and things like that. We're partnering with this great headphone company called Aftershocks. That's um, it's a jawbone uh, conducting um, Mm -hmm. technology. So it kind of sits on the outside of your ear. It sounds a little strange, um, but they're actually amazingly comfortable. Um, And so that way we can do this. And while people are having, you know, while they're on the race course, they can listen, but we can also make sure that they're, they're being very, very safe. So oh, nice. I really, I'm really excited about that. I'm a little nerdy myself when it comes to these things, but you know, I just, <laughs> I think if you're running 13 miles, why not, you know, know all the cool places that you're running by? because who knows what had
0: happened in, in each of those areas? So I, I gotta say though, people need to have their phones charge one hundred percent because you turn on the you know oh, you turn on yeah. Spotify, Strava, and Motigo <laughs> for thirteen point one miles, and you are hitting you are getting the below twenty percent, below ten percent.
3: Oh, that's a good point. I'll make sure that's in those final yeah. Race instructions.
0: Yeah, because so, those things eat up batteries. Like you know, yeah. I, I goos on a race. I mean. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, and then one thing I wanted to mention, too, is um, we did, so Zuma just went through a rebrand. So we're in the 10th anniversary, Annapolis, which is happening here in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. is the 10th running of it. And so um, uh, Bray had done a lot of work around kind of freshening up the look. We've got a new website. We've got new colors, new Zuma logo, like just some really cool, fun, like feminine yet hip um, and cool, you know, look, look to what we do. Nice. Um, nice. So yeah, a lot, there's just so many fun fun things in store. I think for the series um, over the next couple of years.
1: Does nice. so it kind of have like an athleisure look to it? Because that's all the trend right now, right? It's like <laughs> that is correct. I can wear my yoga pants to dinner and the grocery store, and then I can run in them. Right. <laughs>
3: yes, exactly. And hopefully, no one. And they're like they don't smell, right? So they <laughs> right.
1: yeah, they don't they have like this.
3: The, whatever technology they've made, it's fantastic. I think you, yeah, can, you can your yoga pants for a week and.
1: They're supposed to be fine. Yeah, you just keep telling fine. yourself that, Sarah. You know, we're glad we're we're glad you're in Florida and I'm I in Denver too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, um, well, so um, so what about race volunteers? We want we like to encourage mother runners to give back to our sport and to volunteer to race or two. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that, you know, you have either through Run Disney or Zuma or just as a participant that you would have advice for um people who wanted to stand and and hand out water rather than to grab the water and run by.
3: Well, you know, I would say that you that they'll that you'll love it. I, everyone should volunteer. You know, so many races I stand to the side and um, kind of look at you know the months and months of preparation and work that we've put into it, and and I'm just I'm blown away by by watching everyone you know cross the finish line or just. You know, it's a journey, um, especially with a half or a full. And I think when you volunteer, um, you really get to see that, you know, and you get an appreciation. And 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 I would say to anyone who volunteers, just be as, like, enthusiastic mm-hmm. as possible, you know, mm-hmm. because you want – you want when you are running, and you know that as a runner, when someone yells your name because they see it on your bed, you're like, oh, yes, they know me. And <laughs> for, like, 30 seconds, this is not as painful as I thought it was. And, right. Right. Um, you know, but it's 100% rewarding, and, and I, I think everyone should
0: should absolutely volunteer. Yeah, yeah. So. Good deal. So will your bib say other Sarah then? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It might. It just might say the other Sarah. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, good, good. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you at Zuma Races, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. You too. Sarah. Bye. So, all right, Dim, so you are here live. So you can give us an update on the Train Like a Mother Club live and in person.
1: Well, yeah. So a couple things. More the update side of things. So the next round of Simply Nourish, like a mother, is mm. opening at the end of May. Um, registration is open now, and it goes over the week of the Fourth of July. Usually, it's a six week program, but we're going to make this one a seven week program oh. and kind of, you know, take the the week of July Fourth off, so you can eat all the hot dogs, go to all the barbecues you want. <laughs> hot dogs, you know. hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> eat, uh, eat whipped cream, you know, cake with red and blueberries on it. Um, uh-huh. Whatever. But, um, but just so you know, so if that's something that feels, you know, if you're traveling that week or another week, um, you, you'll you have actually seven weeks to complete the six week program. Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and I do want to say, I think we need to toot our own horn that it fills up really quickly. So if people are thinking about joining Simply Nourish, like a mother, like, like, don't waste. Don't waste time. Don't
1: waste time. Head on over to Train Like a Mother Club. Right now. Like, stop your run and sign up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, definitely. It is is a very popular program. Ellie Kempton does an amazing job. And and the testimonials and the – just people are coming out of that feeling so empowered to make really smart nutrition decisions. And it's not calorie counting and it's not weighing your food and it's not saying no to – you know, carrot cake or a beer or a hot dog on the 4th of July. It is mm-hmm. it is just being very thoughtful and methodical about, um, about what you eat. And mm-hmm. it's super, super fun to see people progress through the program and be, see their nutrition with a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So that is open right now for registration. Um, Heart Rate 101 and 102 are open. They also start at the end of May. Heart Rate 101 is a great way to run through the months of summer. If you are just thinking like, Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't really want to commit to a race, but I want to make sure that I, you know, just keep up some consistency. Heart rate 101 is perfect, Mm -hmm. especially as the temperatures climb. Um, Mm -hmm. and what was the, and then, and then all of our half marathon and marathon programs are, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely going gangbusters. And this is the time, you know,
0: Molly Molly and I are signing up. We are, I'm going to do my first Train Like a Mother Club program. Nice. Are you,
1: are you going to crush it or are you going
0: to finish it? Work Okay. So Molly and I have debated. We've many debated on many miles. Many and miles, so this, so, You know, So this is for Twin Cities. And so I was like, oh, we sort of need one in between because we're not going to be really, you know, gunning for a big time goal. But she took a look at the plans and she has felt that in previous times when I've been working with a, a coach that um, she felt underprepared because um, like particularly after my ankle injury, I didn't... I I only did one twenty miler so the sure. crush it plan has three 20 milers yes, or it does. maybe <laughs> yes so she is actually quote-unquote excited to do that program oh, so wow. so I said sure you know and and you know knowing that okay so let's say I don't know if something's I don't know we we say that maybe there's a couple escape hatches along the way but um sure. you know if, if one workout sounds just really too much focused on the clock maybe we'll but I, I'm a rule follower so I suspect that we'll do a um the program as written but yes we are going sure. to do the marathon crush it program and i believe that for um i have to check but i believe that the wave that would be for twin cities marathon i think our training starts on memorial day
1: i was about to say it starts soon yeah <laughs> you better you better get registered i, know. I, I think i, I can help you with that i think so too so,
0: <laughs> so yeah so uh yeah so i'm very excited to uh finally really be a part of it and and really um see truly truly feel what it's all about so and have yeah it, no, that'll be that great and line. i think yeah
1: yeah, and they they are adjustable. You know, they're, I definitely I feel like maybe it's eighteen to twenty miles, so you know you could take uh, two miles uh, off and still
0: yeah still it's be not a rule so follower. It's so not so much the distance. It's you know if there's a like it's this, I don't know if there's like a midweek, you know where you have to do a ton of repeats or it's also the like the 10 miler on a Wednesday that really always is like, Oh, that's a lot of miles for a weekday, but there's only tell myself there's only, you know, really two, maybe three weeks that are like that.
1: Yeah, and you can just come in the Facebook page and bitch about it with everybody else. Well, right, good, all right, all right, you know, I can do that. Of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a little, lot of complaining when you get to right before the taper, right? Those last <laughs> couple weeks are definitely tough for everybody. So, okay, good,
0: good, good, <laughs> so you good. you have lots of sympathy
1: there. Um, okay. I'll just be like, hey, nice work, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let
0: me guess, a cut and paste. Hey, great no, work,
1: keep it up. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny, though. I do get certain, I get certain phrases going, you know, I mean, I, I type, Everyone of mine, but I nice work is like my thing right now, so everyone's like nice work, nice work. I feel like, Oh, I need a new I need a new phrase. Oh, so.
0: a, I feel that way when I cheer for people during a race. Like, you know, or when oh so I'm emceeing, you know, at um Zuma Annapolis and Happy Girls Bend and so I just I'm like oh I'll be thinking as I see a runner coming up don't say nice work or finish strong or something and I'm like and then it's like you know when you say don't steer toward that rock when you're mountain biking or something there
1: I am I'm I'm saying it again I know I know and I don't even have to you know I don't even have the time pressure but I still type work nice work I mean I type it with a lot of love and a lot of sincerity but if you if you get that same comment again and again that just means that you're trendy in my world right now. Um so um so we gotta go to this but you know this this train like a mother club corner I was so excited to have pop up and it is a heartbreaking one so I'm just warning you. Um Gina, who is in the half marathon program, the traditional one, um her husband died Uh um in the middle of her training. And she ran her race on Mother's Day or Mother's Day weekend. So here's what she wrote. Um, So grateful to finish my half yesterday with a PR and an amazing family to support me at the finish line. It has been a training cycle I will never forget. I shared in the winter that I had lost my husband suddenly in January. He was a marathoner, my best friend, amazing dad, and I miss him with all of my being. He had encouraged me to run the W Mass Mother's Day half, and I told him I would last December. He was supposed to be the 140 pacer at this race. Oh, my Lord. My mother-in-law did the nine-mile walk along with several of his cousins, and my good friend Rachel ran with me. I felt carried through this race. He was there with me every step. Gosh, I'm going to cry. I felt strong. My training has been my therapy. Running has been an incredible gift for these past few months. We can do hard things. We can push ourselves. We can take care of ourselves. We can feel everything, be vulnerable, and that is our strength. Thank you, ladies, for inspiring me and being such an incredible community. So, Mm -hmm. Gina, you've been on my mind um, so much, and uh, I'm just so proud of you. She's got these two awesome pictures of her and her daughter um, at the finish line and her running with her friend, Rachel, and... um, Mm -hmm. Just so much love coming your way. I mean, we've had, you know, that's the thing about these is, I mean, another one, and, and I won't make this the Train Like a Mother Club corner next week, I promise, but somebody was in the middle of a race in her half marathon and got a call and her mother had died. Oh, my goodness. And turn around and there's a bammer right there to help her oh. and get her to the finish line and hug her and someone that she didn't know before the Train Like a Mother Club. Oh, my I goodness. Mean, and I just like, I don't care. I mean, certainly I care about your finishing times. I care that you have the race that you want, but... I just love that that we have created a situation mm-hmm. where that can happen.
0: Yeah. And that
1: just like fills that my fills heart her, to um, no yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. I was just
0: about to say, it fills you up. Yeah. It yeah. sure does.
1: So yeah. anyway, so our love goes to you, Gina, and it's um, Holly who lost her mom. So our love goes to you, Holly, and hope that, you know, your holes are slowly being filled with love and, and lots of good memories.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing this with us, Tim. Sure. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. right,
1: Let's turn the corner. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, so not to sound crass, uh, may is shaping up to be the month of Facebook live events. Um, I did one yesterday in conjunction with Minneapolis running and I'm hopping on another next week to talk about beloved noon hydration tablets. Um, so you definitely want to catch all the action. Uh, be sure to like our Facebook page, which is you guessed it called another mother runner. And if you're feeling particularly social media friendly while you're at it, please follow at the mother runner on Twitter and Instagram. We love staying connected and keeping you current on all we're up to. Our podcast is a member of the ACAST network. And our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from sounds like pictures. Many happy miles.
1: Many happy miles.